Hi, and welcome to Doing Good. I'm Rob Alvarez. And this is Kathy Wynn. Each week, we aim to bring you amazing stories from everyday people who are taking on life's challenges, both big and small, and along the way, doing good for others. We hope you enjoy these intimate conversations, and thank you so much for listening. In this episode, we have the pleasure of chatting with Susan Sidoriak. Susan is a graphic artist, photographer, and avid runner. She's the owner of Silverbox Creative Studio and The Side Porch, where she beautifully melds together her love for art and running. Please enjoy our heartwarming conversation with Susan as she talks about how she magically transformed a seemingly random day at a marathon finish line into a moving art exhibit showcasing the human spirit. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you here. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, Definitely uh, excited to to talk with you. I have so many questions, but I wanted to start with really how you and Kathy met, because interestingly enough, it was through a photograph you took at the finish line of the 2017 Philadelphia Marathon. Can you take us back to that day and what you remember? Sure. Um, It was most likely probably my third, second or third, fourth photo, uh, marathon that I photographed at the finish line. And um, if I remember, it was like a crazy windy day. It was. Um, <laughs> in Philadelphia, <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, uh, what I've been doing, and it was the fourth time I was doing it, I am at the finish line photographing runners come in. And what I do is after they, um, I capture their photo, I'll post them online, Facebook and such. And people that are, you know, linked up to the Philadelphia Marathon on Facebook will see photos and um, maybe recognize somebody. And if I'm not mistaken, Kathy, it might have been somebody that recognized you yes after I posted a photo (laughs) it was I believe it was Michelle Hensley I was running that day with uh Shelly Lynch um however she she took off towards the last like 10k um and then I yes I believe she Michelle followed um LA Marathon on Facebook and saw this and she said and then she texted Shelly and said, is this Kathy? Because <laughs> you couldn't see yeah. my face. <laughs> I was right. a lump. And, and what's amazing about this photo is um, I just love it. But what I have been trying to do is while I'm photographing a person coming into the finish line, I do need to somehow capture a picture of their bib. Uh-huh. And when I capture their bib number, I'm able to go online and see who it is, their name, their address, and reach out to them that way. But I had nothing on you because I have a picture of your back. So for somebody to visually understand that that was possibly you, I, it blows my mind. So, yeah, so yeah, that's here even, we are. Yeah. Even crazier. That, yeah, that somebody recognized her from that picture yep. and be able to get her connected with you. And what I'm doing is after I capture the bid number um, and contact the person, I do reach out to them for their story. And, of course, you gave me your such powerful story um, behind your photo. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely try to um, post a picture of that because, it, it, like uh, Rob said, it is pretty amazing that Michelle um, recognized me because I was wearing a, a beanie 
And yeah. that was it, you know, well, yeah. you know, at, at singlet, maybe that's how she knew uh, it was me. Cause I, I wear, I wear singlets even when it's like 20 degrees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So Susan, I have to say, I still get very emotional every time I look at that, that photo you yeah. took of Kathy collapsing in, in the arms of that first responder. Um, yeah. But like you mentioned, that wasn't actually, you know, the first finish line. You perched yourself for, for hours taking hundreds, if not thousands of photos of people finishing. And I have to say that is a truly inspired project that you did. And and I believe you said this was that was your f- maybe third or fourth one. Um, mm-hmm. So how, how did that get started or what gave you the idea to to start taking those photos? Sure. Sure. Well, I ran a couple marathons before I started photographing them. In 2012 was my first marathon I ran. Steamtown was second in 2014, and then I had Marine Corps in 2015. But my daughter, Emma, was also um, running Philly shortly after the Marine Corps marathon. So I wasn't running Philly, but so I thought... Um, I would go down and, of course, support her. And as a photographer, I, of course, took my camera down um, to capture her. And um, so we all know that when you're a spectator, you're sort of waiting around for a while for whomever it is you're there to support um, finish or come by you for that one millisecond. So I found myself photographing other runners while waiting for my daughter to finish. At the end of the day, um, I literally came home with six photos of my daughter and 300 photos of people I didn't even know. Um, so, And also what I found was being a photographer and graphic designer for 30 years and runner for 30 years, I, like, I just unexpectedly, like my eyes began to fill with tears. Um, that I couldn't even see through my camera lens. Like, I think oh. as a runner of all really? those wow. years, yeah, I absolutely. Like, I found myself, I, I just, I didn't realize what was happening. It, it just was so powerful right away. It's like, I didn't see the people finishing. Like, I felt them training. Like, I felt their pain. I didn't see seconds. I saw months. I didn't see their finish. Like, I felt their finish being a photographer. So, it just was that was the beginning of everything. So, um, when I came home, I had all these photos of these people I didn't know. So I, then I began reaching out to them and seeing if they would share their stories. So, and to my surprise, everyone said, yes, there was not, I mean, the stories behind these people, there's not one that somebody just, you know, responded and said, I don't really have a story. Everybody had a story. So, Um, And then Emma went on to run the 2016 Boston Marathon. So that was my second time as a spectator. I waited for her at the finish and um, came home with about 600 images of runners and about 10 of my daughter. And same thing, I just started reaching out to them. So that was probably a whole even different world or or level, I guess, at the finish of the Boston Marathon with, with its history, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at that point, being a spectator to the sport wasn't enough. Like I needed to photograph at a different angle because I was a 
Spectator in Philly, Spectator in Boston. And I knew as a photographer I needed to get, have a different angle and not just a profile view of these people. So I literally crossed my fingers, sent an email to the Philadelphia Marathon for a media pass. And to my surprise, I got in. And before I knew it, I was standing with like all the action with like the major news anchors on race day. And um, I, I just, I'll never forget like being so nervous to try to stay out of their way um, and while trying to get a good shot. So, but what happened was um, uh, to my surprise after the winners came in and then like the first and second place winners, the news teams had left, like they were there for the top story yeah. And the other photographers like started to dissipate and then it was just me. And I had like this open canvas. It was just me, the first responders, the volunteers. And I had tens of thousands of runners with, with their untold stories coming directly at me. Like I initially questioned myself for staying, but as the day went on, I started to realize I was exactly where I was meant to be. Um, and another, another odd fact about the whole thing is that, I choose not to I choose to photograph the runners just seconds after they cross the finish line and not before. Mm-hmm. Um, I did recognize I was doing this as a photographer, and we know like something comes over you after you cross the finish line and not before like you're a changed person all those months and sometimes yeah. years like it took you to get there just spill out in ways that we could never explain that's what I'm there to capture well, I think the interesting thing is so. You know, all of us being runners, we, we've gotten our own, you know, marathon photos kind of at the finish or or at along the course, right? And we've seen everyone else's. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I mean, the difference between those photos and the photos you've taken is, is profound. I have to mm-hmm. say, it's like it's a different totally different lens, if you will. It is. You know, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it and and just you know photographs just scanning you know through my my head right now of the of of the ones that uh, I was fortunate to read and and see but yeah they and it is it is truly a powerful moment um so yeah I I love that perspective that you took so you realized that while you were taking the photos you know that you had something while you were taking photos the very first time, right? Like behind the camera. Absolutely. Oh, when you, when your eyes are teared up that you can't even see through the lens, like, you know, you have something. Absolutely. Now, is it for everyone? Not necessarily, but for the running community and then, and then some. So, yeah. But like with Boston, I, Believe it, we stood, my husband and I stood at the finish line because once you're there and you're, you're a spectator, you're not moving for the day. Like you're not going to a restaurant to come back. Like we are at the finish line at 7 a.m. waiting for our daughter at 3.30. There's no moving. So we planted ourselves right after the finish line. So they have like this, uh, oh, like the archway, the decorated archway, mm-hmm. all there. Not one time that entire day did I see a runner. I've only saw people walking across the finish line. So, and that's what I want. I want those that it's not even like two or three seconds after they cross that you want. It's almost like 
there's this magic in this 10 or 15 or 20 seconds after you've crossed that you're like, oh my God, like, what did I just do? And you're going to get the tears. You're going to get the, oh, oh my, you're going to get the hugs. You're going to get the kisses. You're going to get the people falling. You're going to get it all. And that's what I found that I wanted. And I did try, I like experimented on Philly the one time. Let me get some after. Okay. Let me get some before they cross the finish line. It's not even a question that you want the after photos set with the emotion. And I'm a big fan of black and white too, as you probably have seen, because I think taking the, taking the color out just adds um, so much more emotion to a photo. Mm-hmm. You're able to concentrate on what is actually happening. Yeah, because to me, I guess from the perspective of someone, you know, seeing your photos, it's like instant to me. Like there's something here that you, that you're that you're able to capture that, you know, I've I've never seen before. And so, you know, oh, I thank that, you. That's why I asked that question because, and that was interesting that you kind of sensed it right away while taking the photos. Yeah, yeah. And people will ask me, oh, I love these photos. Can you take my finish line photo? It's not (laughs) like that. Like, it has to be given, like, it's given to me. You know, I'm there with an open heart, ready to go, very vulnerable as a runner and a photographer, but I can't look for it. It it finds me, and I'm there to capture it. So... It's tricky to say, yeah, I'll come and photograph you. Like, it's just, it's not the same. So, anyway, I wish I could, but. <laughs> so, and, you know, you not only, you know, you didn't stop at the photos. You took it to the next level by getting the stories behind these photos from from your subjects. Yep. Um, and you yep. put it together in the uh, in your runner's journal. And by the way, let me just do a quick aside to all the listeners, you can hit pause right here, jump over to shopsideporch.com and check out the photos, check out the runner's journal, or you can wait till the end of the podcast too. But make sure you go over there and check it out because you'll definitely understand why. And you might want to have a box of tissue <laughs> that, next time. <laughs> definitely. Um, but come back to my question. was, uh, You know, you took it to the next level to kind of build the journal and get the stories behind it. I guess what sparked that that idea, and and then how did you go about kind of building the journal? Hmm. I knew that I knew what I had in my possession af- after the first time I photographed in Philly, and I somehow needed these finishers to get these photos in their hands. Like I, I, I needed that. Like, um, and then on top of it, I, you know what? I, I can't quite pinpoint why I wanted the story. I think it was just a casual thought reached out to a couple people. And before you know what, I was getting some stories and, you know, sort of passing their photo along to them in return for their story. So, um, and every story that came in, I needed the box of tissues. Like I, all of a sudden, I mean, it got bigger than me. That's when it got bigger than me. Honestly, as soon as that first story came in, this whole thing got bigger than me instantly. So I knew I was onto something there. And then from there, 
you know, I started the little blog on the shop side porch with the stories. And then I think it was, oh, gosh, the beginning of 2000, I don't know when my art show was, 2017 or 18. 18. It was 2018. Okay, 18. New Year's Day on 2018, I made a pact with myself, a resolution that I'm going to have an art show with these photos and their and the stories attached and um and I did it in September so I just you know made a goal for myself to do it and did it and um you know I I thought who's going to want to come and see pictures of finisher you know marathon finishers because it was so specific Mm -hmm. like marathon finishers and their stories it's not like gardens and flowers that you know the whole public's going to want to come and see or anything but um so I thought where can I do this art show with these stories and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead Rob on you because you're probably going to ask about it (laughs) um but um so I thought what better place for me to feel comfortable than my hometown like go back to my hometown where it all started I figured they'd welcome me with open arms if anybody and um and they did so so every grandmom and you know aunt and friend and you know some runners like you guys like came from so far to come up to my little hometown and um welcome me with open arms and yeah, well, grandma doesn't know what a temple run is while she's reading, um, you know, the stories. She was there, you know, and it was just one of the best nights of my life. So thank you for being there. Well, you know, being a runner, uh, I'm a little biased, but I think it's for everyone. You know, the the stories yep. and, the, and these photos, I think they will really touch, uh, I think, anyone, whether... They're a runner. It or not. did. It surprisingly did. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. Yeah, and I have to say that was probably one of my best memories of 2018. Kathy and I being able to catch Aww. the opening night of of your exhibit was uh, truly special. Well, Thanks. I wanted to be there to meet you in person and finally yeah. see you because it was what uh, November 2017 that you took it and. We would almost a year. Yeah, it was almost a year. And I said, oh, we have to come. And it was I think I told you it was like a pre birthday celebration for me. Because yep. um, I think yep. we went up there on it was on, on the 6th, right? September 6th. And then, yeah. yeah. I so I, I told Rob, I said, OK, what do you want to give me for my birthday? I'm like, let's drive up and see the show and let me meet um, Susan. Yeah. So it was it was fun. <laughs> it was a really big, fun night for us. So, so I well, wanted to you. ask, um, you know, what what was that night like for you? Oh, boy, um, it was like I said, probably one of the best nights of my life. Just to have everyone, like friends, like I don't live there, so I'm an hour and a half away from my hometown. So I had tons of friends from where I live now in Collegeville drive up there and my um, family and friends and my high school friends and, you know, people like you guys that I never met. Uh, just And just to be able to fill a room with what I love to do, like what pumps through my veins, like running and art all 
and everybody that loves me that I love all in one room. It was incredible. I mean, even my um, high school cross country and track coach came. Um, it just was something else. It was sensational. I'll never forget it ever. It's obvious that, you know, running is a big part of your life. So when did it start for you? So you mentioned you, you did run uh, track and cross country in high school. So when did running yeah. enter your life and how? Um, I started running in 1986. Over 30 years ago, I haven't stopped. So I just wow. always have run. Really? Yep. 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 So, so now, what got you into it, I guess? Uh, um, hmm. I don't know. I think I probably just sort of signed up for a sport in high school, and that was that. And um, <laughs> we had such, like, work ethic uh, our coach to like love the hills. And, um, he always said, if you're doing something together as a team, whatever you do, you do it as a team. If you are going to skip practice because it, because, you know, cross country, he didn't run with us. He let us, you know, go run our 10 miles and, and stayed back. But so if you're going to like skip practice and have fun and do something else, you're going to do it as a team. And we always did. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, we found out and he knew we were going to find out the homework that you put in and the hard work you put in. It's going to show up on race day. So whether you did it or not. And um, we did it and uh, we were pretty good at, you know, our team was, you know, pretty good and uh league champs and district champs and things like that. So it was always instilled in me, but I didn't fall in love with a marathon until 2012. So I ran casually for all those years, but 2011, 12, I fell in love with the marathon distance. So how did, how did that come about? Yeah, pretty easy. Um, 2011, I ran the Philadelphia half marathon. And, um, as I was coming in, I don't, it, well, it's not set up this way anymore um, because I think the half marathon's on a different day than the full. Yeah, it is. But, yeah, it used to be mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So when I was running, I was coming into the finish. You had your bib on, your your name on your bib, and people are saying, come on, Susan, you're almost there, and I'm making that right to turn in to go down Ben Franklin Parkway to finish uh-huh. while the full marathoners are going left to go up Kelly Drive. Mm-hmm. And I could not comprehend how someone could be yelling, you're almost there, while your mindset for these other full marathoners are going left to have to go and do it all over again. (laughs) And at that moment when I was coming in to that half marathon finish, I said, I need to know how that works, how your mindset works, that you can keep going. And I came back next year, the next year and ran a full. Oh, wow. Yep, and that was that. That was the beginning of the end for my love for the marathon. Yeah, I think that that's the great thing about the Philadelphia Marathon. The fact that they put your name on the bill, I think, does a lot. And um, oh yeah, because I remember that was so. The Philadelphia Marathon was also my first. Or I think no, Kathy, that well, was Kathy. your second. No, we ran it for fun in 2012, right? No, no, we did. No, I'm talking about the half marathon. Oh, that yes. Was our we did. Yes, that was our very first. Mm-hmm. 2011. 10. 11. 
10? Okay, I don't know. We got to look at our photos. Yeah. <laughs> they all they all blend together. I know. Every podcast, Kathy corrects me on a date <laughs> and she's wrong. Um No, we yeah, and I remember you know, ro- you know, running along and and somebody yelling my name and you know, turning around and was that somebody I knew and I realized yeah. you know, my yeah. name is on nope. my bed. <laughs> but that kind of, I mean, I, I love that that day, and that kind of got me, you know, hooked to the longer distances as well. And and really, Philly, the Philly Marathon has a special place in my heart. I think, even though I haven't run it That's... since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get him out of retirement. <laughs> well, yeah, I did in 2016, go. but I haven't, I haven't had any success yet. So maybe after this, <laughs> after a couple more podcasts. <laughs> there you go. So, so you mentioned you've between, I, I guess, uh, high school and starting to run marathons, you're taking um, running, you know, kind of casually. And yep. did that sort of change once you started running marathons? Um, and oh, did you take it a yeah. little bit more seriously? Absolutely. I, I think I, you know, and I think it's, um, we have two daughters, 27 and 19, and, you know, the younger they are, you know, the more you have to deal with their schedules and, and this and that. And I think the older they got, I was able to concentrate more on myself and, you know, go out for a 20-miler and, you know, long runs on the weekends versus a soccer game, things like that. So um, I think it was sort of organic the way that it all tends to happen. And, uh, yeah, and, and, I'm you know, you talk to my husband now he'll tell you I live and breathe running, you know, I, you know, us as runners, like you go out with friends casually. It's like, Oh my God, is she going to talk about running again? You know, <laughs> it just happens. Right. So, I can totally relate uh, with your husband. Yeah. Being married to Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he's such a good sport. He's like my number one fan. So. Awesome. Yeah. That kind of leads me to, I guess I'm sure as, Many marathoners and many runners, um, one of your goals, you know, had been qualifying for the Boston Marathon and you were able to do it, um, I think last year. Yes. To qualify mm-hmm. for the, you know, the, the 2020 um, Boston Marathon. Yep. You know, obviously, you know, well, unfortunately, that hasn't come to fruition given our current events. How have you taken that into perspective? I'm sure, you know, it's it's a big disappointment, obviously. Um, yeah. But how have you thought about it? Um, I'm actually okay. I'm okay. Like, I feel like life happens. Like, we have some something crazy on our hands now. So you just really got to take life into perspective and like they move the finish line. That's fine. You know, we carry on. I think we're lucky that we get to train again to keep our bodies healthy. Um, is your dream moved? Yeah. But is it time wasted? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we just have to hold your head up high and adjust like we're runners. We do that. We have to do that. And, um, I'm fine with it. I'm actually fine with it. So, I mean, do I have my heart set on Boylston Street? Heck yeah. I've had my heart set on Boylston Street since 2016 when I photographed it. But I'm, I'm going to get there. Like, I'm determined to get there. So I will do the virtual race in September. Um, okay. Just because I think I, 
you know, I could be sad, sit in the house and not mm-hmm. do it, but, um, you know, I think I'm going to make something fun of it, do the virtual race, run my buns into Philadelphia on our beautiful trail that we have and invite friends, you know, and just be positive about it. So that's a great, idea. I'm good. I may have to, I may have to do a little peek it out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could join her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> So I'm good. And, you know, I, what I found is we're going to get our, the race medal and um, T-shirt from the day if we do the virtual run. And um, I already have my celebration jacket hanging in the closet that I've yet to wear. Mm-hmm. And um, who doesn't want that historic medal and shirt from 2020 that never happened? Like, I, I want that. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going for it. So. That's true. And it's, I think it's um, six, you just have to run six hours and under. So hopefully easy enough for, you know, nice casual run into the city and at the art museum and have a good night in the city. So, I think that's and you know, wonderful. what's great about that too. What's awesome about this virtual run is it's happening. Like it, they can't take that away. Like it's happening for me, at, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm the one that controls it. So, um, I, it's, it's good that I actually do have that on the calendar for myself. So yeah, no, no sadness here with that. I'm okay. Yeah. I, that's a great way to look, look at it. And it looks like you have pretty great, uh, kind of running group and kind of support group. Oh yeah. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about what your kind of running community or or group has been for you and what it's meant for you? Oh, Oh boy. Um, Yeah. I mean, if you have a good group of running buddies, I just say you hold them tight and appreciate every run. We support one another. And I, you know what I found over the past few years? It's kind of rare to have what I have with the group that I have. So, I mean, it's a great outlet for chatting about running since we know our non-running friends could just, they don't even want to hear one more thing about it. So that's a great outlet to have. But push, pushing one another... Um, Yeah, I mean, even the early mornings, uh, you know, we used to run. I mean, we haven't in a while now with this whole pandemic, but we're going to get back together again, 5.30 a.m. runs, hopefully. Um, And just to be there accountable to each other, just start the day. I mean, it's it's priceless. So I think we've been together. There's probably like 20 of us. Mm -hmm. And on any given day, you know, there could be three or four at 5.30 in the morning. And we have a beautiful trail where we'll meet that maybe like Thanksgiving, so many of us will show up, um, could be a half a dozen on the weekend, but we're always kind of there for one another. Um, it's priceless, priceless. And talk about them being therapist, like there's, it's free therapy, you know, too. So. Like you've already mentioned art and photography is, and design is, uh, you know, also a big part of your life. I think that's probably, I don't know. It's safe to say, kind of your your nine to five, if if you can call it that, yep. um, and also a passion. Mm-hmm. Right? I think you. So you're the owner of Silverbox Creative, um, which mm-hmm. shop sideporch dot com is an offshoot, and a lot of uh, shop sideporch dot com is that melding of art and running. I get. When did that come about? Was that kind of as a result of? the photographs or did you already think of um mixing the two because i think it's a it's a great 
eight idea and and the art you have in there is um is amazing and i think it's just a, a creative way to to mix art design and and running yes yeah so silverbox start well first off i've been a graphic designer and um photographer for a graphic designer for over 30 years photographer um sort of came up maybe like 20 20 years ago out of the necessity i needed a photograph to so i could design with nicer photos so um so while i was doing that about i'm gonna say you think i would know when the side porch started that started maybe about a half a dozen years ago um sort of by accident i came home and um from a run with my running group and i looked at my you know my uh phone and the course, the map, we always ran the same um, loop every morning. And I came home and I'm like, if I just sent them that picture, that line drawing to my running group, would they know what that was? And um, I sent it to them and they're like, yeah, we know what that is. That's our, you know, our course that we take. So um, from that began um, the side porch and the side porch started with course maps. Um, and basically what that is, is like a line drawing of the course you run or marathon course, um, very simplistic. And then below would be, I customized it with, uh, the race name and your time and the date and the name of the race, things like that. And, uh, started selling them, um, on the side, you know, I had silver box for my nine to five job and just like lightly got started on the side with these course maps. And then back in, I'm going to guess 2015-ish, maybe 16, Runner's World picked it up as one of the top um, favorite Christmas give, gifts to give. Well, if that didn't change things. So oh, we awesome. had so many, yeah, we had so many orders come in and um, it kind of started you know, for a while there being even a little bit bigger than Silverbox. So now it's, you know, 50-50 with the side porch and silver box happening here. And um, um, and then eventually back, you know, when I said I had that first, uh, when I went to photograph my daughter, that's when the whole photography began on the side porch. So um, it's just funny how it, the photography always finds me too. Like I'm a graphic designer first, photographer second, but the photography always sort of finds me. And, you know, if you ask me now, you know, what I was put on the planet to do. Yes, I love to design logos. I love everything about design. But if I can be so specific, when I am standing at the finish line of those marathons, I am photographing. I'm so meant to be there. Like, I feel like that's what I was put on this planet to do. Um, I just love it. I, I, I feel it so much when I'm there. And I want to say that I am a proud owner of these line maps and I love mine I and and you you know obviously Susan because you designed it for me um yeah it it has and I think I wrote it's more than just lines you know that's that's how I see them because they represent you know as you mentioned when you photograph all these runners right right after they cross the line it's it's it showcases you know all their hard work all the the sacrifices they made um and in a, in a way, this these lines, well, I say these because I have three meld into one, 
and um, and I love the fact that one of them is Philadelphia because you know that's how we met um, essentially. Mm-hmm. So isn't that it, it's just and y'all you need to go on to the shop side porch because um, and, and just look at at uh, Susan's artwork and. You know, if you have a memorable marathon, I would highly suggest that you get yourself a line too, because you'll look at it and it will bring you back to so many memories of, um, you know, what got you there and why you got there and how you got there. And I am, it's right behind me right now too. Um, it's yeah. So I'm, I just want to say that again. Thank you so much for for my own design of of my my marathons that I ran, and um, I'm I'm so yeah, glad that you, you did it for me. It's so oh, beautiful. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thanks for being at the finish line. Yeah, that one cold day in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, as the same thing with your photos. You know, after the finish, I'm not going to say at the finish line. It's like after. The finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, the the squi- I guess you call it the side porch squiggles. Um, mm-hmm. Just has so much, so much more meaning. And I, I think it, to me, it's probably it's the simplicity behind it that that really makes it that that meaningful. Um, Thank you. Actually, the the side porch squiggles, oddly enough is something a little bit different. Um, That just came about during the pandemic to keep kids busy at home. So if you click on the side porch squiggles, they're the actual line drawings of marathons. I might have like six of them in there. And kids are printing out these line drawings of the races and they're creating something from them. So they're creating their own masterpieces from the line art. So that so kids are sending me their little masterpieces from the London Marathon and what they think it looked like. Um, and I'm getting these uh, line draw or these like beautifully colored drawings in from these kids all across the world, which is crazy. Yeah. So that's just something that p- the pandemic brought. About oh. and the imagination that these kids have. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness! I was looking at the age. I think you. I think you did um, mention. Did you? Yeah. The, I think the ages were were mentioned, and I was like, "What? Yep. This yep. came from a seven year old." <laughs> I know. I was like, "Wow! Yeah. What creative yeah. minds they yeah. have." Yeah, I guess yeah. I need to do yeah. my homework better because I, I did see those, and I thought, "What." You know, I did. I remember wondering when I was looking at the, at yep. those, yeah. um, uh, the pictures of the drawing. I was like, "What? This is interesting." Like, I wonder, yeah, what these well, are. When, yeah. <laughs> um, well, when I was a little girl, I would my grandfather and I we would sit on the side porch and we'd each draw a squiggle on a paper, and then we would draw something from it, create something from it, and then we'd flip our, you know, switch pages back to see what each one of us created. And um, that's where I got the idea to do this. And that's where the name The Side Porch came from, too, because we used to sit on the side porch and do it, you know, for afternoons on end. So uh, basically everything sort of connects, you know. So was was your grandfather kind of your, um, what got you into art? 
or at least um, that time? Well, yeah. So my, I'm going to say yes. He was a, a, a great supporter. Was anybody in my family an artist? No. It was just sort of me, but he did give me the um, know-abouts to just, like, he always said whatever it takes, and um, he just, he was a, a, a great supporter. So, yeah, good guy. Yeah, I love that story. So, I guess, what so what gave you, or how did the, the side porch squiggles come about? Shortly after the pandemic started and I knew that these kids were at home and they weren't at school and, you know, I knew I'm not going to go to be a first responder or anything, a nurse at a hospital. I'm like, what can I do like to help the world out? And this art's my way of doing it. So I just, um, and I thought I'm going to draw these squiggles. I'm going to draw like different squiggles like me and my grandfather did. And I'm going to post them online on Silverbox, you know, on my my other businesses page and have kids do whatever they want. And then I thought, no, I don't have to draw any lines. I already have them. I have them all. They're all the race maps. Mm -hmm. So then I put it on the side porch and, you know, utilize the race maps. And um, and I mean, once you know, some teachers like would make it their class project you know, my squiggles. And I mean, these, these are the artwork was pouring in. It was just, it was incredible to see it every day. So, uh, and then Abbott worldwide posted about it too, which even made it bigger. Um, so I was getting things in from all across the world and, Oh, it's just great. So, and some of the stories the kids even have, you know? Um, so, and then what I'm doing is while they give me the artwork, I'm actually, if you go to the site, I'm actually superimposing their artwork, like in frames in a gallery, mm-hmm. just to like give them a little bit of a, you know, this is what your art like looks like at ten feet high, you know, or something like that. So I think the kids were, um, you know, kind of excited to see their artwork up, up on the site as well. So it was a win-win. It kept us all busy. <laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that. So. I didn't. I, I did not know. <laughs> That is that is incredible. Yep, and I'm sure yep. the, those teachers were appreciative of you giving them uh, yep some assignments to to give yeah, out. Yeah, right. I'm sure they. I'm always with, happy to give an art assignment. Yep. Yeah, with all yep. the uh, not being able to get into a classroom together, I'm sure they've they've been challenged to give uh, to keep the kids busy. So that's yep. awesome. Yep. What I usually do. To end um, our podcast um, is kind of ask some rapid fire questions if you're up for it. Sure. So first question is uh, when you run, would you say you're running from something or towards something? Um, absolutely towards something. Right now, probably Boylston Street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when is your favorite time to run? My favorite time to run would be at sunrise before anyone else is out. I feel like I sort of own the day, and it's a time of mindfulness and appreciation. So I'd say sunrise. When life gets overwhelming, what do you do to uh, kind of reset or clear your head? Um, Run. And I would say over the past couple of years, I really started doing some mindfulness uh, you know, 10 minutes of sitting out on the front porch um, with my Calm app and um, doing a little bit of meditation and mindfulness. It sort of resets me. 
Um, where would you say is your quote-unquote happy place? I would have to say our local trail. I had to pick one in the rain. In the rain. <laughs> oh, I love the rain. Yeah. I love running in the yeah. rain. Yeah. Um, what advice would you give someone just finishing high school or college trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life? Oh, boy. Um, that's a good question. I would say um, it, if you're reaching for a goal to rise up above what's uncomfortable, break out of your comfort zone, be relentless, um, It'll take time and hard work, and there are no shortcuts. But if you push towards it, um, your stars will align as well. So that's my advice. That's an excellent one. Yeah. Um, is there anything you wanted to get into that we didn't cover today or, or any question you, you were uh, wanting us to ask? I don't think so. I, I, I mean, I just appreciate you guys having me on. I don't necessarily think so. I would say if you never sat yourself at the end of a marathon finish line for a few hours to do it, it's humanity at its finest for sure. But no, I think I think it was I think it was a great time. I had a good time. Well, we were glad you're on. That was one one thing that I hadn't thought about um, until today is that I think it's very a very different perspective and and view I think from beyond the finish line versus kind of at the finish right. line or or right before. Yep. Um, so I'm going I'm going to have to to do that because I hadn't really thought about that. There you go. Well, before we end everything, I I just I didn't get a chance to to jump in when you when you were telling Rob about um, how you're going to take on, you know, Boston 2020. Well, first of all, I am just so you already know this, but I was so beyond proud when I found out that, um, you know, you you qualified and you qualified with such a strong, strong time. And um, I know, obviously, anybody who whose goal is to, to get to Boston is, you know, I know that was really um, important to you. And I'm just so proud of you for taking on this virtual and making it your own. And I, I love your perspective when you said, you know, this is what, I, you know, I'm doing the virtual and it's something that I can control and no one can take it away from me. And I'm so happy that you're going to turn it into a big party because, you you know, you deserve it. Um, you might not be at Boylston yet, and I, I know that you will. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to get there together next year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? I hope um, so. Fingers every, crossed. Yes. Um, but I was just so, you know, when I when I heard you say that and with such confidence and with such, um, you know, firmness, like, yes, I'm going to, I'm doing it. I'm doing the, the, uh, the virtual and I'm going to, you know, make a party out of it. I, I could just, I just wish you could see my face. I was just like, I was Aww. like so tingly and I was, I was so proud of you. I was like, yes, that's how everyone should see this. It's not a disappointment. It's not wasted time. Um, it's something you should celebrate. And I think everyone should celebrate their hard work. Um, it's, 
it takes a lot of, of sacrifices to even qualify. And I'm so glad that your perspective is, is that, you know, you are going to make it your own and, and no one can take that away from you. And again, I, you. congratulations ahead of time. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me on here, too. It's such an honor. Oh, the pleasure and the honor is definitely ours. I, so I just want to say thanks again for short, sharing your stories today and also want to personally thank you for sharing your talents with with the world, really, mm-hmm. through, you know, with your photography. I, You know, I, for myself, it has enriched my life. Looking at the photos you've taken and looking through the Runner's Journal and, you know, being at your uh, art exhibits, so, you know, I just wish... More people can can experience, um, you know, your your photographs. So I'm, I'm hoping uh, everyone thank will you. will check it out. So thank you. Thank you. Now we just need more marathons to photograph. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. Yeah. And to all our listeners, we will have um, Susan's um, social media contact and social media info and all the. Uh, web addresses to be able to contact her and and see her photos in our show notes. And uh, thank you so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next one. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast. You can find show notes and other episodes as well as articles from Susan and many of our contributors on werunwithyou.org. You can connect with us on social media at We Run With You on Instagram and Facebook. Susan is at Side Porch on Instagram. You can connect with her through silverboxcreative.com. And be sure to check out shopsideporch.com to see her finish line photos and so much more. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. And by the way, you can now listen to us on Spotify. Until next time, keep doing good.